Will you remember me? Local business neglect is happening all around you. This is a difficult time for all of us. Help us help them by getting your next meal or coffee from your favorite local business. Remember local businesses. Take a look at Dead Inside Caffeinated Podcast at gmail.com. Instagram at Dead Inside But Caffeinated. Facebook, Dead Inside But Caffeinated. All right. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. We're taking that right out. <laughs> oh, no. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm Laura. And this is Dead Inside But Caffeinated. There's the intro. Boom. That's it. It's done. So as you can tell, we have a uh, guest, Matt, here with us. Matthew. Would you prefer Matt or Matthew? Matt's fine. Matt, so not yeah. Matthew? Not, no, not okay. really. So not Matthew. What about I'm okay Maddie? Maddie? You can call me Maddie. So Matt, we got uh, Matt Matthew Maddie here with us. He's a uh, he's an airline pilot. He has his own YouTube channel. And as you already heard, he has the voice that spawns sex. How you doing, Matt? I'm great. Why do you say things <laughs> yeah, like kind of weird. Stop. I know my brain kind of took a left turn there. And I don't have my own YouTube channel. It's a, it's shared, a shared YouTube, YouTube channel. That's right. He I is can... a co-host. I do have a co-host. Who is your co-host? My co-host is my 12-year-old daughter, Isabella. Oh, that's sweet. How old she... is she? He said 12 My 12-year-old daughter is 12. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't got the coffee inside of me yet. Leave me alone. <laughs> Your fire is also distracting me today for some reason. The fire? Yeah. We always have a fire. The up, TV the fireplace. No, it's uh, the studio fire. Oh, sorry. That's what keeps sorry. our mood high. <laughs> the studio. <laughs> this is studio. We're still it inside is. Josh's basement. Mm, whatever. But what? he does not live with his mom. It is his own basement. <laughs> <laughs> I pay yeah. for everything. Here. <laughs> no Cheetos around here. How was your week, Matt? Uh, it was good. I mean, it, Good as it can be, considering everything that's going on, going on. around the world. Yeah. Yeah. But. yeah. Anything specific you did this week that sticks out? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of engaging conversations with some friends around the country that are, um, that have been good conversations specifically about everything that's kind of going around. I, I feel you. like that's how I write fucking papers when yeah, I have a I word count to meet. <laughs> I have good conversations. I, with I'm friends. sorry. I normally speak better than this. I'm just trying to capture. Don't no, edit yourself. Don't edit yourself. No, I know that. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Matt, uh, he is very outspoken. He has a lot of views. <laughs> and he, when he gets on these rants, he can, uh, very eloquently word these together with emotion and that voice comes together. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, they call, we call it the triggering when he goes on these rants. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's just been interesting to get, I have, uh, I graduated from a Southern military school and, uh, I've reconnected with some, uh, former students of mine, like not former students of mine, but former classmates, cadets, classmates, whatever, who are black. Some of them are athletes. Some of them weren't. And we've just been like chatting on Facebook and messenger and stuff like that. And, uh, one friend has been live streaming 
his experiences of the protests and everything going on. And uh, I don't know, it just has been really um, just making me more aware that like the experiences that I've had living in the suburbs is nowhere near their experiences. Oh, for sure. Growing up in the South. And I think that like, uh, you know, when I have, other friends that refuse to admit that oh racism doesn't exist. There's it's it's like, dude, just talk to these these guys. Even just like one friend, just find one friend and talk to them about their experience. And if you can't get on like if you can't get on that level, it's you're just a monster. I'm sorry. It's impossible not to empathize with that, I think. Yeah. Um, the people that that live through that, have gone through that, have seen that compared to like you said, like, you know, living in the suburbs. Yeah. There's got to be some level of empathy there. Well, I just think like my parents' generation and their parents too, because we're about the same age. Uh Their parents went through segregation and went through Jim Crow. Their kids, their parents did not have segregated school or did not have integrated schools. So you, it's almost laughable to tell people my age, you know, black men from the South who are my age that racism doesn't exist anymore. Because they've seen it firsthand. They've seen it. Yeah. You know? I've seen it. Anyway, I felt like you asked me what I did this week and I just a lot of thinking and a lot of. I think that's important. I think it's important to talk about. And I think that you're doing a good thing by talking about it with your friends. I think if you're not thinking about it or talking about it, you got to be doing something wrong. Like at this point, you got to be thinking about something. Because if you're not, then. Just think about. It's all for not. Yeah. How we're doing things as a country and. Yeah. What not. Yeah. Like you said, empathy. That's it. Yeah. So Laura, how was your week? I don't even know what I did this week. You so I know you've returned to work from lockdown, quarantine, whatever. I am integrating back into my job regularly now. Mm -hmm. Not like full on, you know, it's still kind of like touch and go. Touch and go. Yeah. But that's how I am anyway. So there's that. Also, your first full week without the kiddo. Dude. Yesterday was the first day that I realized I didn't have to like fully wear clothes in my house. Like I could walk through the house butt ass naked and it was okay. Like there was nobody going to like come around a corner and be like, oh, like mom, put some fucking clothes on. So you just been having a nudist fest at home. Just yesterday. One time. <laughs> when I called you today, you said I got to put pants on. I did. Doesn't mean that I wasn't wearing my shirt and stuff. Oh. I just took my jeans off after work and then didn't put Good for you. anything on. Good I just sat you. on the couch. So proud of you. Fuck yeah. Bud. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so you, knew, you got a new desk too. Oh, at the office. Yeah. I did. You Her- weren't there. No. I was hunting for you. Just uh, show me your desk. Yeah. I'm in a desk outside of where we normally sit. Oh, okay. And it's kind of nice. I don't have a phone or anything, which is even better because I don't want That's people good. fucking calling me. <laughs> like, Don't call me. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't call me. Don't Both. talk to me. No, I don't know why I'm single, though. Yeah, who knows? Who really knows? As you're telling people not to call me. Do not call me. Stop calling me. Don't call me. Don't touch me. Don't text me. (laughs) Why am I single? (laughs) If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Which is also my worst. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. Hey, boys. (laughs) What have you done? What have you been doing? Well, what have I been doing? Yeah. Holy shit. Every we rode to we work together this. a couple times this week. Yeah, yeah. I went into work this week. Um, I went to, oh, last night I went to the lake uh, late at night. 
Oh, I saw you post on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, uh, I took my hammock, um, put it up right against the, uh, I went to Saugatuck State Park. Like I, didn't I take you there like two years ago? Remember? Yeah, one time when you were telling me about how you're going to take some chick here for some date. I don't know oh, yeah, that, who it was. That was a long time ago. It was like two plus years ago. Or yeah, something. that was, a, yeah. And I did take her there. She knows who she is. What up, girl? Hey, um, I don't even know who we're talking. <laughs> I just know you brought me here. You're like, what do you think about this as a first date? And I was like, uh, it's not a little creepy or anything. You taking her out into the middle of nowhere. So it like, okay. At least he doesn't live in a van doing it. <laughs> okay. But, well, so Matt lives in a van. If you, if you not, don't, not all the time. If you see our Instagram, you, you saw Matt showed up in his, uh, his van, his luxury. Don't. So he travels. Van. My kids listen. So he travels for work, He's which is why he winds up living in the van occasionally. Yes. We say living, but it's like how many days uh, out of the week? It's half the, half the month. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's so like two weeks out of the, out of the month. Okay. La- obviously this year with everything going on with the COVID and stuff, it's been less, uh, less, but yeah, last year, I mean, I probably spent 180 days in it. Holy Dang. cow. Yeah. Dang. It's nice though on the inside. Yeah. It is a luxury vehicle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an LRV. <laughs> My wife knows, knows the, the joke, but yeah, whatever. It's, it is. It yeah, is a luxury. It is a, it it's is. a luxury vehicle. <laughs> so wait, are you are your kids going to listen to this later? I don't know. Ooh, we'll try I to mean, tone it down. Already, we're talking about like it's just weird, you know, with some of the subject being about the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the YouTube channel with my daughter, my 12 year old daughter and me. And then I mean, adults going, are adults. And then, and then yeah, going off on kids. the adult tangents. So we can yeah. I'll tell you what, I can mark the times that stuff comes up <laughs> so you can fast forward. <laughs> skip directly from this part <laughs> oh, to this part. No, you can't listen to that. Part. How about this? I will I will edit a special version of this episode just for uh, you, great. Good man, for your Josh. kids to listen good, about that. So that man. way you can say whatever you want. And I'll edit out all the fucks and the shits and the asses. <laughs> yeah. So that way your kids won't hear. Come on, dude. I spent 16 years in the Navy, man. I was so going to say, do they kids, hear you oh, talk have, at home? I try not to. Um, Is that hard? Because I've tried and failed miserably. It's only, honestly, um, I don't. I mean, it, I don't know. There are times where I get really mad or whatever, where I try to use it to emphasize a point just so they actually take me seriously, which is they don't. Um, but yeah, I saw him mad one time at me. <laughs> and that's exactly how it is with my children. It is exactly. And Josh behaves just like my children. I knew I had to make him laugh. As soon as that happened, tension was done. Yeah, it was like my kid, the way Josh did it was just like the way my kids are. So like the, uh, how many, how many kids do you I have? I have two. Two. Okay. Have so a daughter and a 12 year old. Yeah. Okay. My son's 15. About to be a sophomore. My daughter's uh, going to be in seventh grade. So they're not like young, young, young. No. Kids, like where you're like trying yeah. to. They know enough to know. No. Yeah, yeah. They know enough not to say these words. Yeah. No. And it's kind of funny because they, <laughs> they. They will rat me out even now. Yeah. <laughs> they tell funny. the wife on you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Weren't you saying something? Your son did something like he to like uh, set up your daughter or something. With- oh, with the cell phone. Yeah. Did I tell you that? Story? Oh, tell me that story. I didn't yeah. hear so, it. Uh, they, of course, their favorite hobby is picking on each other. Oh hell yeah. So we're my wife and I were tucking my daughter in, and my son comes in the running in the room and says, uh, "Dad, Isabella um, is sneaking her phone." in the pillowcase so that she can watch YouTube as soon as you, you Question. Guys leave. What do you have your children do with their phones at night? Well, this is the, Oh, this is the, it. This is part of the, okay. So he, he says, uh, you know, 
she's hiding her phone in a in her pillowcase and she said she was going to watch YouTube. So of course I call her phone and her phone, her pillowcase starts ringing and lighting up, you know, and my son runs out of the room laughing. <laughs> Why Turns would out she that he, he had hit it in her pillowcase and was trying to get her in trouble. <laughs> uh, we bring them downstairs and plug them in. I don't let them have their phone. I, I lock it down on screen time. And stuff. So how do they it's get really up in the morning? Do you wake them up? Uh, well now, like, I mean, like the if there stuff, was they kind of just get up. Yeah. But my wife, she's, she handles all the, all yeah, the forget, hard stuff. Cause I'm up here working most of the time. So I forget people have like significant others and they like do some of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, she, yeah, man, I can't imagine trying to make sure my kids up. Cause half the time he's up and out the door before I'm awake. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> that's good though. He's yeah. It's, you know, it's weird. And I'll say weird, but, um, Having being like a military family and me having been gone, like I'd say not quite half their lives, but you know, since they were born, I'd be on the road a lot. Yeah. And then my airline job, obviously being gone a lot, the, um, it's almost like my, my wife is the default parent. And then it's like, I'll go tell them to do something. And they'll be like, well, mom didn't say I had to, let me, well, I'm going to go ask mom. And it's like, my gosh, when I was a kid, it was like, whatever dad you know, whatever. Said. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, if you screwed up, Oh, wait till your father gets home and yeah. out comes the belt, you know? And my kids just like, look at me and laugh. Like, That's whatever, how it was dad. for me too. Whatever dad dork, you know, <laughs> it was always, funny. it's a different relationship. Mom, can I, did you ask your father? No. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> So you mentioned, you mentioned airline pilot, right? Yeah. So you are currently an airline pilot. I am employed by an airline, but I'm currently on a military leave of absence. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I've heard a lot of rumblings about this and I'm curious from your perspective, what you know, um, how has COVID the, the lockdown, the quarantine, whatever you want to call it, how has it really affected, uh, the airlines? Badly. And like what, what regard? Um, so airlines are not a cheap operation to run. It's not like a restaurant where you can shut it down and now you don't have to pay for the lights and everything like that. Right. So yeah. most, most airlines with the exception of like one or two are heavily, um, they either lease their planes or they're, they're paying them out. So even if they're not flying them, it's a very significant cost, very high cost operation. Mm -hmm. And so you said they lease their planes, so they don't own their planes outright. Not well, it, it, it they're a mix. So like some okay. like um one Texas-based airline owns the airplanes but leases the engines, for example, and owns a lot of aircraft outright. Wow. I didn't know any of that was yeah. a thing. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. So they have to so they pay like a monthly cost to have those engines in their own aircraft. Yeah, but it's like they don't have to worry about it, it reduces costs in the long run. For oh, it, right? so kind of so, like so it's the same thing. If I lease a car, like my oil change for a certain time is covered, covered. or whatever. Okay. I mean, okay. kind of. Okay, that, that's really simplifying it. And, okay, but but they might also own a lot of planes outright. They might lease some airplanes. They might uh, be financing some airplanes, etc. But the point being is, it's, it's a it's a cost, right? Yeah. So it's not like they can just boom shut down the airline and we don't have these costs anymore. Um, so what happened when, when we shut down flights to China, that really hurt my airline because we have a lot of international flying, a lot of international presence, big, big Asia. Like we, we kind of bet, I don't say bet, that isn't the right word, but we have a big presence with China for business and stuff like that. Your airline invested heavily with China. I'd say invested, but I'd say more, we, um, we're the biggest U S carrier back and forth to China. Okay. Okay. 
U.S. carrier. Gotcha. Um, maybe, maybe I'm making stuff up. I don't know. <laughs> Either but, way, uh, though. But um, so when we shut down flights to China, that really significantly, re- you still have the costs, right? Yeah. To but, keep the aircraft. But and, yeah, yeah, but now you're not flying. You're not gaining revenue, and they cut schedules down like ninety percent. What is, so, so what does that mean? When that you say means, let's 90%. say you have 100 flights a day, you cut it down to 10 flights a day. Oh, geez. So how does that affect a pilot directly? Like, are a lot of them being laid off? Well, of, so part of the CARES Act was that, hey, we'll give you this money, but you can't lay anyone off until 1 October. Oh. So it was meant to go to payroll um, and kind of give you, give people time enough to have a job, figure it out. Hopefully, I think the goal was that hopefully the economy would recover by then so that they didn't have to lay anybody off or furlough. Um, And so they've done a lot of things. Like I think American Airlines did a, did a uh, early retirement buyout where, Hey, we'll give you the option of, we'll pay you a set amount per month for the next three years until you retire. That way they don't have to pay some of the other costs because labor is expensive. Yeah. We are looked at on paper as a cost, just like fuel. Well, it's any, any other business labor is a cost. Yeah. Very. And we are one of the, I think fuel and labor are some of the two higher costs of an airline, honestly. And pilots aren't cheap because we have a lot of training to do. We have, you know, it takes a lot to get to where we are by the time we get hired by a major. Yeah. Um, so some of the options were like early retirements. They're doing um, um, whatever the, there's a minimum hourly requirement that they're supposed to pay you. So some of the options were like, hey, we'll pay you two thirds of that to just sit home while we kind of figure stuff out and hope hoping to bounce back. So mm. it looks like, uh, I just saw the stock prices today though. It looks like the airlines, um, they, they dove pretty significantly when, when we kind of shut everything down and, uh, it looks like they're climbing back up and it looks like the future is good for bookings and stuff like that. But I still expect there to be some, some furloughs and some, it, it, it's, this is going to hurt. Yeah. 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 Just probably a dumb question because I don't know anything about that field. Yeah. So like if you were furloughed as a pilot, what the hell would you do afterwards? Like. Well, fortunately, I can go on military orders. So, what would somebody else who's? Um, It's really interesting. I mean, like uh, before, I was getting out of the the military the first time. I was talking to a pilot who had started his own carpet cleaning business, and he said he he does better. He makes more now doing that than he did ever did as an airline pilot. No, that's awesome. Like built it up from the ground up. So would you say majority of airline pilots have a second gig? I would think side? so. Probably. I would say a majority, but like a lot a do. Yeah. We could kind of like, because our schedule is like a fireman schedule where because of like rest requirements and FAA limitations, we kind of have a lot like, uh, uh, I would say a lot of time off because it's needed time off because flying yeah. is pretty, pretty hard on the body, especially with the up and down schedule. Um, so, but there are a lot of people that utilize that and have other side jobs. I mean, I've seen everything from like, you know, realtors to uh, insurance to, um, a guy I knew makes custom golf clubs for people, uh, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're, are you the captain or no, I'm a first officer. So yeah. I'm fair. I I've only been on paper. I've been at my airline for four years, five, four years. Okay. Yeah. Four years this year, but I only flew there for two years before I went on military okay. orders. But like, um, I only have, it's not even really a cool story, but like one time we were, we were flying from, 
somewhere in the Caribbean. I can't remember up, th- up to Chicago and right about over Indianapolis. Um, a guy on board got really sick and, uh, it was kind of one of those things where we're like, okay, do we emergency land here in Indy or do we press on to Chicago? Mm-hmm. And it was with all, everything was going to be about the same. So we ended up pressing on to Chicago and, uh, uh, you know, I'm walking off the plane and the guy, they had the stretcher there and everything. And the guy just looked, it was bad. I mean, he was probably a young guy in his twenties. What he, he sick he, with? I don't know. They, we didn't get any amplifying information. Okay. And, uh, you know, what's weird though. They still have to go through customs. So, he, <laughs> so he's on a fucking gurney. gurney. And yeah. still had to go so I don't know how they that. do it. I don't know if they like, okay, we're going to just like give you they initial care or what. But them. yeah, it's like, yeah, here we go. We got to. Do you have anything you want to claim? <laughs> <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Jesus. But this was like, you know, two years ago. Um, but I, I don't, I wasn't doing it really long enough to have cool stories. No unruly passengers or crazy or passengers. Like really, no. Have you seen any UFOs? Um, oh my god! I personally have not. You have not seen a UFO. I have not. Is there any accuracy to the movie Snakes on a Plane? Yes, <laughs> there is accuracy. And what? That. Tell me, tell me how. With the amount of snakes, or yeah, that you have people who think because they can fly Microsoft's flight simulator that they can tell you how to do your job. <laughs> That's legit. <laughs> no. Oh no. Oh. Have you, so you started flying after you were married? Yeah. Okay. Then I soloed when I was 27 years old. You just ruined half of Josh's questions. I, I wanted to ask you. <laughs> yeah, like, I know where you're going with this. I want this. to ask you like, hey, I'm a pilot. And does that get you action? Not me because I'm married. Yeah. Well, you can live like. I'm short and fat and have no game. So <laughs> even if I. If I was a chick, I'd go down on you. Don't say that, dude. I told come you on. I'll give you a special episode edited for your Josh, family. Josh, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, mark that. Yeah. Mark that. Mark it. <laughs> what about my one? wife will listen to this and just she'll 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 laugh just kind of like i did like you know Jesus. Yeah. oh my gosh these are your friends oh my yeah, god exactly I, so did you meet when she came up for you met my family right when they were here over I christmas i wasn't here around i don't think christmas i heard for you but you met my family didn't you oh were they, they came out in the one break day area? yeah yeah i think yeah. i did did i think i did i i don't know if i, I don't did. know if you did i don't know yeah i, re- I think i'd remember because it'd stick out yeah, they're actually. I think they're I, cool. it was your son. Was he there? Yeah, my son. Because I was everyone like, was. Whose fucking kid is that? Like, what are they doing? Like, you just leave your kid here? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what, what about, have you does. seen the movie Flight? I have seen the movie Flight. Now, is there any truth to everyone wants to know this, right? So, in the movie Flight, where there's like cocaine and flight attendants and like just a just a an orgy of bad decisions, right? Is there accuracy to that? In the in the the piloting world, no. Okay, well, sorry to disappoint you. That's, <laughs> you know, so now Josh doesn't want to become a pilot. yeah. It doesn't have any. <laughs> no more questions for you. You're better off be growing your hair out and learning how to play guitar. I'll just put it that way. Okay. <laughs> Although I guess that's not cool anymore. Right now, it's all poppy computer stuff. Right? Is, oh, there, is, there, is there really any? House like, music? No, there's still no. There's still there a really lot like of acoustic. Guitar, yeah, like band. You know, well, there's like there's a divide now. You've got all the hipsters, and then you've got like the. So like I was thinking about this, like in high school, so I graduated high school in 96. That shows you how Jesus fuck you old So like, yeah, thank you. (laughs) You had no idea, did you? How old I was. Um, I really didn't. So it's good for you though. You look young. Thank you. Especially now that I shaved my handlebar mustache. You look great. Um, So so if you, if you guys, we got to find a picture of this, put it up somewhere. Matthew had this glorious mustache. 
and uh, he called it the womb room. I did not call it that. Josh <laughs> called it that. That's what Josh was calling it. I did it. not call it that. <laughs> he was walking around. The, I'm hey. sorry if that's so loud in the mic. Oh, we no, can, I we absolutely can, did not call it yeah, that. Yeah, he was like, listen, listen. Josh. You got some cobwebs up there. Josh, Josh, come <laughs> on. Can they sweep them out? <laughs> come on. <laughs> Triggered. <laughs> so if you are at all curious about how I interact with my children, this just is watch not me it. 10 minutes with Josh. This is like essentially... <laughs> How I act with my children. Oh man, I think you got some pretty decently behaved children, though. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good kids. It's it's really cool to see their, uh, you know, morality. Speaking of that, so you seem to be. See, I don't know you as a father, but you seem to be a pretty good father. Um, how is it being a dad in today's world? Like you talked about, you know, the past or whatever. Well, because you have a son and a daughter, yeah. so you have to yeah. approach it from both angles. And they're getting, yeah. they're trying to find themselves in in this age and this you know, time, how is it being a dad right now? My daughter uh, and I, and my son and I, all the three of us were talking the other day about what's going on in the world. And um, I think the hardest part about being a parent is making sure that the wrong influencers aren't, um, grabbing, I don't say, how do I put it? Like, aren't influencing your kids. You want <laughs> yeah. them to have the right influences. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think like more so today than ever before they're under, I don't say under attack. Cause that just sounds silly, but they're more exposed to so many different things than we were in our generation. Cause like with us, it was like TV, maybe video games, sometimes but radio. There was, yeah. I mean, who, <laughs> I think we're yeah. still in a different gap here. <laughs> no, what I'm talking like when I was in high school, we didn't really have the internet. You had like yeah. some versions of it, but it wasn't, it was like prodigy in that dial up that nobody, it was like AOL, none of that stuff had come out yet. So mm-hmm. like with me, the, in, the influences was like the music you listened to and your friends and the company you kept with your friends. Right now it's all over the place. Cause all every teenager is on Snapchat or TikTok or whatever. Right. So you have so many different influencers uh, over your children. And so it's just, how do you, you, I think you just have to be a little bit more vigilant and I'm not necessarily talking about censoring your children. You're not like keeping them off Snapchat or anything like that. You're just kind of, I'm guiding them to where they know what the right choices are. And I think the hardest thing is that what I worry about, and I know they have to make their own mistakes is like text messaging. Like don't talk trash about people on text message. Don't say anything on text message that you wouldn't say, you wouldn't say to the person because it, people will take screenshots. They'll send it to people like stuff like that. So it's like more for two of, so that you avoid some pain. Like don't, don't use this medium as a way to, to um, try to handle other like other issues and then um well it's kind of hard for kids nowadays right because that's everything is that's on there exactly yeah, like it's you, hard it's hard for them to develop face-to-face interpersonal skills because like even school now we saw like with covid everything's gonna be a lot more stuff's gonna be yeah, done virtually my kids don't really have that problem especially i mean they're my kids so okay. you know that they're not going to have any <laughs> interpersonal uh <laughs> yeah the bloodline laggy, yeah my my daughter is more like me but Anyway, so we were talking, the three of us were talking the other day and uh, to really answer your question, as they were going to bed, um, my daughter said, you know, dad, I really think it's really cool how you talk to us like this, how you like, we just, you, you talk to it normal, like everything you, you just, 
You treat them like an adult. Yeah. And I just really, I like having these conversations with you and getting your point of view. How old is she? She's 12. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Were you like kind of blown away at that moment? Yeah. I was like, holy crap. (laughs) Because. (laughs) She's like, I have no idea if I was doing this right or not. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And, And she really is like, my wife is like her. She's a mama's girl. Big time. Okay. And so for her to like say that to me, I was like, oh yeah, I got, I win. I got one. I got a point. Did you go to your wife and tell her? I did not. So here, here. (laughs) But, um, no, I think the, (laughs) and then I talked to my wife, my, my daughter talks a lot, kind of like I do, but it was just neat to see my, my daughter, um, kind of open up like that and respond. And then I know, I think the other cool thing is when you witness them stand up for what's right around them. Yeah. You know, and not just, not just pay lip service to it. You know, when you witness that, that's probably one of the most rewarding things as a parent, watching them stand up for somebody else or watching them stand up for stuff, you know, isn't right. You know, it's awesome. It reminds me, I mean, that's, that's incredible. That reminds me lately. We've been FaceTiming much more. You and I, Matt. Speaking of FaceTiming, that's one of the things that my kid does with his friends regularly. Yeah. Even like when they were in school regularly. Yeah. They, they use Snapchat to just FaceTime each other. Yeah. And I thought that was weird as shit because I'm like, you have FaceTime on your phone. Why do you need Snapchat for? And he's like, I don't know. Well, have you noticed like on Snapchat too, people will just share pictures with each other just to have like the, the plus up points or whatever. Yeah, so they'll take like, like a picture of the floor were, and be just, like, they were doing that. He yeah, was like, like, Oh me and he, me and so-and-so are best friends in Snapchat because of our point or some, some like your number one friend or some stupid shit. And yeah. I was like, yeah, we had that in my space. Like, so that's, what's funny about my space is what a short lived my space was like, I was already out of college and everything. Like when my space was kicking <laughs> laughing off. at fuck you, Josh, because I'm doing that right now with a friend of mine. You're, you what idiot. Are you doing? <laughs> He's trying to make somebody his number one friend no, on Snapchat. They already, they already are. Like <laughs> you're trying to maintain that. Yeah. So everyone knows. Uh, can, yeah. Can other people see that, or is it just, just you two? Me. I can. You guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only. Yeah. Because he was straight up walking around, just taking pictures of random stuff of, in the house and like making faces. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Well, Cam and I are trying to be no, each other's best friends on Snapchat." And I was like, "What?" He's like, you know, like the points or whatever. It shows you who your number one friend is. And I was like, oh, my God. Go find something to do. Go pick up rocks outside. Do your kids use Snapchat? My, well, my son does. But I've, you know, and I would for a year or two years would would look at it and make sure, you know. I'll fucking open that shit. I don't give a, I don't give a shit. I'll open his messages. But I realize like he really is like. A, a good kid about that stuff. And I know it's easy for a parent to be like, Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. But I've like watched his, you know, interactions and watched like the stuff. And he is, he's pretty good about. People know. send Landon Snapchats like all hours of the night, like random stuff. And if he's asleep, I'll open that phone and I'll open that yeah, Snapchat to same. make sure it's not something. And then I'll hit same like the button where oh, it looks re- like you didn't look yeah, at it. it. So that he can watch it later. Cause I'm like, I'm just waiting for some chick to send him Ooh. some dirty. How old's your son? 13. He's about to be 14. Yeah. But I, I haven't seen that yet. It's just them sending so, each other stupid ass pictures yeah. of like cats. Let me or, ask you then if some, if some random girl sends your kid dirties, what are you going to do? He and I are going to have to sit down and have a nice long conversation about what's going on here. 
because he, I've already had that conversation with him. I was like, hey, you know, Snapchat is is for photos, but you can also see that people save your stuff. So make sure that you're, I straight up told him, I was like, make sure you're not sending anything that you wouldn't want someone to save and show an adult. Absolutely, yeah. And I told him also, he he knows I'm in IT, so he thinks that I can see everything he does anyway. <laughs> and like, he sometimes I'll do stuff just to intentionally mislead him into thinking that I can actually see everything. Oh, yeah. Because like, I know, like, I know, boys are on the internet. I know what you're doing. You have internet on your phone. I know you've like seen some stuff or looks something like that. You know, they get together in little groups and like, which I was in, you know, I was 13 once too. So I'm always just like, I know what you're doing. Just because I don't say anything about it doesn't mean that I don't know. And doesn't mean that I, I'm cool with it either. Exactly. And I was like, yeah. so, you know, just be mindful of what you are doing and saying because I can see it. And he's just like, I can see sometimes where he's just like, mm-hmm. Like, okay. Like he's debating whether or not to test that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's like yeah. thinking about the last thing that he did that was, he shouldn't have done. <laughs> he's like, oh. But go, like, so yeah, there are just so many outside influences that, mm-hmm. that we didn't have. None of us really had growing up. And then the other thing is I worry about now with like the, not necessarily the COVID stuff, but closing off, they're having the schools shut down. And, you know, I got this 15 year old boy who's stuck inside the house. I remember when I was 15, I hated my parents, you know, <laughs> I think everybody goes Same. through that phase. Yeah. So I definitely empathize with him where it's like, dude, he just wants some space. And now, you know, he's stuck in the house with his parents. And, uh, I worry about like, how is this going to affect like these long-term? Yeah. How's it going to affect their social there? Cause I think they're like you said earlier, uh, just the interpersonal skills. And while I don't think my children are lacking them, I definitely think it's different for yeah. a lot of kids now, especially with like online gaming. Yeah. Like, like it's, you know, we used to go to our friend's house to play like Nintendo or PlayStation or whatever. And now they're doing it by themselves in their own home, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's a different. Yeah. We were forced to, to move somewhere to interact with someone to get what we wanted. Now yeah. they don't have to really go anywhere. Yeah. They well don't. that, and like, even if your kid is very social and outgoing, like this, what's happening right now is forcing them into a virtual world. Yeah. So it's yeah. like e- pros and cons. Yeah. yeah there yeah. are definitely. Um, have you had your talk with your son about. We both kids have had the talk. Oh. Yeah. I'm saying like, which because uh, the Laura, birds and bees or the Laura was talking about Snapchat, like the dirties. Like if you when they know, that, they know. Yeah. Okay. They know yeah. because you told them or because they just know. We have explained to them not to do it. And then, you know, I think there was a case where that happened and a picture was going around that a girlfriend sent to a boyfriend in high school. And mm. like, Oh, I told Landon when you're Brett told me about that. What like age, age wise. Like, I think she was like 15 or 16 oh, no. and like, dude, you no. can't like, like that's a hundred percent illegal. Now. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's as a, no, even as a minor, you as will get charged. But then it's like, well, you know, if it's one thing, if your boyfriend and girlfriend, I still don't know that at that age. But, it's an entirely different thing if that kid then shares his yeah. the photo of his you're girlfriend. Spreading. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're sharing yeah, it. Yeah, that's... Well, one of the yeah. cops straight up told me, like, that you can get charged for you that can, now. Yeah. And now I think you as a parent, are you now, are you responsible for it? Yeah, and I, that's kid? something we'd have I mean, to ask our friend. Like, dude, just cop friend. don't, like, don't even go there, you know? I don't know. Accurate. I we didn't tell- have to worry about that. Yeah. No. <laughs> 
I always tell Landon, I'm like, what you do out there is also representing me as a parent. So if you fuck up, it means I fucked up. Yeah. And he's just like, Ugh. I was like, do you think I want to look like I fucked up? He's like, no. Laura's house is like tanned and square right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even there. So when that's the Isn't thing. all of America. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Jesus. Uh, Sorry. You're fine. You're fine. Couldn't help it. But you're speaking fine. of your kids though, though, the YouTube, I want to talk about your YouTube channel okay. and where the fuck have you been? Cause I've, I need more financial advice. Damn it. Um, from your nine, from your 12 year old daughter. So yeah, my 12 year old daughter. So, um, so first of all, tell us about your YouTube channel. Like give us a backstory, what you're doing and then how okay. did it start? Yeah. So my daughter, it's really interesting again, how YouTube has become just like this. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, we didn't have anything like that. So it's basically again, TV. It, it It is, but it's like so much content out there, whatever. Anyway. So my kid says, my daughter says, dad, I want to start a YouTube channel. And I, you know, she tells me that she, she wants it to be like vlogging and makeup and like kids doing kids stuff. You're, and you're, you're me, rolling and your you eyes. Well, it's not that I cringe. I'm okay He's with like, it, oh. but it's just that, okay, you're 12 years old. You're going to do things that in six, seven, eight, 10, 15 years from now, you are going to regret having out there on the internet. Oh man, Facebook reminds me of that every day. <laughs> yeah. Like the time hop or whatever it was. Yeah. And there's things that like, it's not like, again, conversations that we can have where boom, it disappears and it's no, it is memorialized forever. And I just don't want her to be in a situation where she regrets she's it. posting stuff up there that, that she might regret. Let me suck my gut in while you're taking a picture, Josh. <laughs> Josh, stop taking um, pictures of people without them knowing. And then um, we all hate. Well, that. And then the other thing is, I, you know, I she's 12, right? So I worry about just some of the yeah the online stuff that can happen with kids. Like, so I kind of told her no, but instead I thought I thought about it a, a while, and I said, you know what, you can do a YouTube channel, but I'm going to do it with you, and I get to pick the topic. She was and like, so, was she mad about that at all uh, at first? No, because she was excited about doing the YouTube channel. She's just like, I just want to be on YouTube. And so I thought, <laughs> well, what's a great opportunity for a 12-year-old kid who's got her whole life ahead of her than to learn about personal financial responsibility? Yeah. So you started going on that road. Yeah. And didn't you realize that there was no kind of information for... Well, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you bring up a really good point. So yeah. I wanted to try to explain to my daughter about mutual funds. Like it, that's really kind of the impetus of why I thought to do a financial channel was because I, so I, I was trying to explain to them mutual funds maybe like a year ago mm -hmm. and I was trying to find, I, I was like, certainly there's a video Out of, on the internet somewhere like devoted specifically to kids explaining this kind of stuff. There has to be. Yeah. And there's not, there yeah. is no content out there. That's surprising. Where it's like it's it is surprising. that is shocking. It is, and I guess like Dave Ramsey, I guess his daughter, but they're in their twenties or thirty, like whatever. They're adult kids. I guess they do some financial education geared towards children, mm -hmm. but it's not really like explained at the elementary level, from what I understand. Um, and I need elementary level explanations, yeah. please. So I I thought, man, this is a great opportunity to like you know do something like this where. Yeah, we can share the videos. It's cute. Father, father and a daughter explaining it. And then my, my kind of thought process was she would be the one to teach it. We would talk about it. I would teach her. And then they're, 
by doing that, she would learn it. Yeah. 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 And I think you always learn better when you start teaching something. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Um, Hell yeah. So that's why yeah. we kind of started going down that road and making it more, more about her presenting the information to other kids. And, and that was kind of what we, gotcha. what we decided on doing. So you, so. So you said that you, you're going to pick the topic, whatever. How did you, how did you get to that topic? <laughs> well, because of that, because oh, there yeah. was nothing out there. And I thought, okay, well, you were, were trying to, we you were, were trying to corner around. the market. Yeah. I well, gotcha. more like I was trying to figure out a way to engage with her on that subject. So, and there was really nothing out there. So I thought well, this is a great I gotcha. thing to do. So you can, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get you now. So back to Laura's original question about you only got two episodes. Yeah. And it's been a long time. What the fuck? Well, COVID Where's the content? Hit. COVID hit. Yeah, you were at home well, all day. So, but the market dropped. The market oh, plummeted. So you can still and educate I thought, people. Man, on- I think this. I just felt like a little bit disingenuous going out and doing an investment video about. Oh, true. Um, yeah. You know, oh, invest in the market when like the we, market's crashing. We had no idea losing. what was going on and yeah. what's going on around yeah. us. Um, but honestly, that's the best time to invest. So, like, we've continued to do our normal monthly stuff that we do. But I just felt like, man, this is not the right time. And maybe yeah. it would have been the right time, but it was just really hard to get motivated. And you had all this stuff around you going on. And then it, it just, it was, it was hard. And then. I was kind of hoping you'd um, like, cause you do, you do a lot on like investments and stuff, but like maybe since the market's crashing, like start with like the elementary level, like this is a checking account. This is what this yeah, is for. And Let me talk need, about credit. In we a credit do card. need to do that. Like we do need to do a baseline, like where she's explaining all of those things. Surprisingly, definitely. there's a huge adult market for that. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I was talking to some of my friends about it and they were like, holy shit. Like what's, what's it? Like, I wouldn't mind watching some shit like that. Cause yeah. they're like, I, nobody ever taught me this mm-hmm. stuff. It's not a class that you take. Not even in college as a baseline class. No, because no, it's all academic related. It's not like realistic, you know, life day to day. Like I think in home ec, they taught me to like balance a checkbook that nobody uses now. But I mean, yeah. nobody taught me what, you know, Roth IRAs or yeah. mutual funds or about fucking credit. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Well, and that's the dangerous road that people go down, right? It's like credit. Like when well, I got my first credit me. card at like 20, I didn't realize that. The credit limit was the credit limit. I thought that was the <laughs> monthly credit limit. And that like at the end of the month, it started over again. You know, <laughs> fortunately, I've I've um, got but, out of my first credit card debt at 23 and I haven't had credit card debt since then. Yeah, we, you know, some of us had to learn the hard way. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but that was the one one piece of financial advice my dad gave me was always pay your credit card bill off at the end of the month. Yeah. So no matter what, that's we've, you know, ever since I was 23 or whatever, that's what we have done. And I think that that serves very well, you know, Um, but uh, it's. It is absolutely important. And I think what ends up happening, a lot of the education that's done is done from financial, the financial industry who has an interest that is separate from you as the individual. Like you do not need a financial advisor. You can research everything on your own and do it at your own level. I was in debt. I couldn't afford a financial advisor well, to get myself out of debt. Like you don't need I had one though. Even if you had a million dollars, you would not need one. I would say maybe, maybe you wouldn't need one, maybe, but there maybe. are certain instances where I'd say, yeah, but like at what level of wealth would I need one? I don't know. I think if you're worried about like developing, say passing on the wealth to your children or trusts uh, or whatever, 
it's not really a financial advisor. It's more of a legal counsel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, so what's kind of neat is, um, the guy who started Vanguard, um, started it in the seventies. I think he was the guy who kind of created the idea of indexing and indexing is just like, Oh, say you're going to have to explain this to me. Yeah. Uh, indexing is just basically following a, a like say the S&P 500 is the group of stocks that make up the S&P 500. There's 500 companies that make it up and they, okay. the S standard and pours, I think, adjust, I don't know how often they do it, but they adjust who's in and who's out of the, of that group. Right. So it's like a inner circle of, well, it's just like, here are the top 500 companies based on volume or whatever. Oh, okay. Gotcha, so gotcha. an index fund would be a mutual fund that mimics the, um, mimics that S and P it indexes off of the S and P. So you're essentially buying, um, all of those 500 companies or buying a, 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 okay, a fund that tracks saying. those 500 companies. Okay. And Vanguard was really the first, uh, company to start doing that. And they did, um, and they did it to where you could buy them very cheaply because the biggest hindrance to growth is your cost is your, is your, the costs of the fund that you're buying. Cause if you look on a, on a, Hey, I want to go buy airplane mutual fund jets is an ETF. That's J E T S. You could look on there and see what the cost ratio is. Um, and then compare that to say an index fund or you have actively managed and you have index funds actively managed is where there's a dude sitting there literally like, Hey, I own 20 funds and literally every day I'm going to buy and sell and buy and sell and kind of like, manage those funds. Okay. And an index fund is just basically, I don't know how they do it <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> but it tracks the index, but it allows you to keep There's the, an algorithm. The, yeah. There's some, whatever. <laughs> um, maybe now some financial advisor can speak up to that, whatever, but, um, it essentially just tracks that index. So the cost of that fund is cheaper because it's not actively managed. There's not a dude sitting there buying and selling everything. Okay, okay? That's what you're and if you look at, um, your the biggest thing that's going to negatively affect your growth as an investor is taxes and fees. And so if you can keep down those fees, you're going to be better off. Now, here's the added thing, though. So you find this actively managed mutual fund and you decide I'm going to go through a financial advisor. The financial advisor is also going to charge a fee on top of the fee that the mutual fund company is charging. Oh, OK. So you get creamed. So you're almost better off going in with a mutual fund or going with an index fund that can get you like six and a half percent average growth or 8% average growth. than you are going with an investor who claims that he can get you 9% because after all the, the fees and everything, it'll end up being about the same. If that makes any sense, you know, it's kind of like you're buying a more expensive car. Oh, uh, never mind. That's a bad analogy. <laughs> but, we'll think on that one. Why yeah, do you think know about that this one. shit? Yeah. Why, like, what, what, why do you know this? Like, what, what at some point in your life. Happened, what happened in life that made you decide, I need to learn about this. I need to know about this. Yeah. What he said. Uh, poor financial decisions. Like what? Like What'd you do? I would say poor financial decisions, but just like when I got out of the Navy, I had a, a nice bird, uh, what do you call it? Bird's nest? Nest, nest egg. egg. Yeah, thank you. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck Bird's you guys nest? are talking yeah. about. Nest I had a, a decent nest egg that had to kind of last me through some salary cuts, yeah. you know, from pay cuts. And we did a lot of, we spent a lot of it on 
you know, important things we had to do with the house and, you know, but, um, you start realizing like we had some rental properties a long time ago that from being in the military, you kind of move around all the time. So we'd buy a house here and rent it out when we moved kind of thing. Yeah. And I realized that like, dude, if I had just invested, like, um, started at the crash in 2008 and continue to in- invest, I'd have probably a million dollars right now. And I don't, and I'm not putting my children on a good financial path in the long run. And that yeah. was really kind of the impetus is like, just, it wasn't that we made mistakes. It's that we weren't doing anything, I got you. you know? So we didn't go into big debt. We didn't have like, you know, you know, Mercedes and BMW car payments and, you know, all this debt around us. We just weren't. So like me right now. <laughs> Like you have, maybe, you have, I don't know. You were, you weren't taking your disposable income and putting it towards investment. Is that what you're saying? A very small portion of it. Okay. Yeah. Very okay. small portion. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Not enough to like, and then, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, I started looking at this fire idea, the financial independence retire early where it's like people who are like 25 decide that they're going to live on like the minimum amount possible in the hopes that they can retire in like. I can't remember. It was like five to eight years is their timeline. So, so they, are you just taking your extra money and like what investing it or like saving it? Like all of the above. So basically it's mid- not just that though. These people are like not just taking what they don't spend. They're cutting down their expenses like crazy. Like, so like studio apartment with a roommate. Yeah. The bus to work. Like, yeah, that kind of stuff. Like riding the bike. Well, now the bus could even cost more than it would for some oh, people. Well, riding a bike. Or, yeah. or like, um, so fucking minimalism, like, make, like sustainable yeah, exactly. lifestyle. Exactly. But the idea being that that was what got me out of fucking debt in the first place. Yeah, but what we're, he's so saying is we're talking about like a group of people who are like, say, mid level, like in their twenties, in a professional type of environment. Because a lot of the fire people are more like middle class, um, you know, say seventy to one hundred and fifty thousand a year salary, and they just cut their income, yeah, down to like, nothing. Saving a bunch more. And the idea being that they need to save 25 years worth of their annuals of their annual income or their annual expenses. I'm sorry. So if their annual expenses are a hundred thousand, they're trying to cut it down to like they're no, they're trying to save to get to 2.5 million because that's 25 times. So they, what are you saying is minimalism is oh, a way I, of life. No, I thought you were saying then, like cutting from uh, like, if you're spending a hundred thousand, I thought you were saying they oh, were trying well, to cut it yeah. down so, to Well, I was just 000. trying to do the math of it, right? Oh, so okay. like if so their idea would be like cut your cut your expenses down as little as possible and then take that number and multiply it by twenty-five. Okay, I see. For the saying. over the year. And when you have that number, that's when you can retire. So you're saying like people are doing this and they're retiring at like thirty-five. Yeah. But they're living a frugal life in the process. Yeah, yeah but then they're, yeah. yeah. So they're not like doing anything extravagant yeah. for like the getting, rest of their life. Getting a big B coffee would be something would, would be Right. A big they deal. would be, they would flip a lid at you that you were doing that. They'd be like, why don't you, br- you know, grind your own beans? And I and, do. Well, I do too. But sometimes also I like to. <laughs> but that would be like, they're frugal. okay. Instead of doing it every day, only do it. So we did some math. I did a breakdown of the cost of a cup of coffee mm-hmm. over a career. Career being how long? Yeah. Uh, starting at age 22. Okay. Uh, gosh, what was it? I wish I still had this piece of paper. If you spend $6 a day on a cup of on coffee, so you buy, let's just say you get two cups a day. So it's about three bucks, right? That cup. Or something like that, yeah. Okay. So let's say you get two a day. Well, that's a big friggin' This one was like coffee. four bucks, yeah. Okay. Four or five bucks. If you were to do that every day. Mm-hmm. 
over the course of your life versus investing that money. Oh, for sure. It would cost you half a million dollars. With and then you're like, that's yeah, well, yeah, with growth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, then you stop and you think about how much, like if I spend that much money on coffee throughout my life, what the fuck? Yeah. And you're like, it's I could easily have like, but it's not just the cost of the coffee. It's the cost of the, like that $3 cup of coffee today. If you invest that right now over the course of your career, that $3 is going to be worth 12 or 15 or whatever. Because of yeah. growth. Yeah. So it's essentially, you could make the argument that that cup of coffee is, isn't costing you $3. It's costing you 15 in what potential earnings you're losing out by buying that cup of coffee. See, all I hear is this cup of coffee today cost me, let's say $3. Even if there was no growth, imagine how many of those I spend in a lifetime mm-hmm. at $3 mm-hmm. only. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck am I doing? Yeah. But I don't do that every day. So, and that was one of the things. So I didn't think about it the way that you put it as in taking that money with growth and investing. Yeah. I was just like, fuck, I can't spend this much money on this yeah. dumb shit. Yeah. $30 what, at Taco Bell every other fucking day. What or, a way to look. I didn't even think about that to look at things you buy day to day with growth. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I have like a weird spreadsheet for like my bills and stuff. There's um like a, I don't call it gouge or whatever, but it's like a, the rule of 72. Have you guys heard that? No, I've not. No, so you take your, your investment return or you take your interest rate. So let's say you get 3% in a savings account, which nobody's getting that right now. It's like 0.01 right now. I think. Divide 72 by three. I was a history major. So what's 72 divided by three? I don't know why we're dividing. Things. Well, I'm just, what happened? <laughs> you guys lost me. Okay, fine. Life. Let's make the numbers easy. Okay. So, um, let's round out. All right. Well, it wasn't so, even about so the, the numbers. Well, the rule of 72 where... is basically saying that the interest rate and the years is how long it'll take for your money to double. So you take the number 72, that's kind of the baseline. Okay. And if I'm getting 7% interest rate on something on a savings account, it will take me 10 years to double my money. Oh, okay. 72 divided by seven is 10. So I'm just kind of yeah. rounding up. Okay. There's, you, there's like, uh, so, I just go online for that kind of stuff. Well, you can, but yeah. it's just like mentally it's easy, easy math. So like I just use like 72, if I can get 10% interest, it'll take me seven years to double my money. Mm-hmm. And then another seven years, I've doubled that money. Mm-hmm. So it's an exponential curve. Well, that part. Cause with, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Again, you're talking to a history major, bro. I'm an amateur at this stuff. I'm just. You're a history major. Yeah. What, why history? Because you, as clearly evidenced with math, you have to know the answer. Whereas with history, you can BS your way around a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were a history major. Yeah, man. What what era is your specialty? Well, considering I went to a southern military area? school, 90% of it was like Civil War. But I took a lot of Latin America classes and some... One or two Scottish history classes. Ooh, Scottish history. Yeah, but I don't remember most of it. I just remember the. Oh, and I did take a class called John Wayne's America, <laughs> where we watched John Wayne movies and then had to write papers about them. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I'd go back to school for something like that. <laughs> it was a cool class. Yeah. So with with kind of circling back here with your YouTube channel. Yeah. What is what's your ultimate goal, and then what do you have for future expectations? Man, I don't. So uh, again, like I lost a lot of motivation with everything I was kind of going on. And then um, I just I I was kind of at a loss for the topic. And we were going to like 
we were going to like, oh, hey, let's take the stimulus check and, and, and like, what, what should we invest in everybody? And then when we, when we decided on investment, we we're going to like crowdsource what they thought we should invest in. Okay. And then we were going to crowdsource a charity to give it to. Then I filed my tax returns and my tax money that I owe was more than the stimulus <laughs> check. So like, that went right mind. back to Uncle Sam. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> um, so I wanted to do something like that is to donate the, the the stimulus check because and I and we probably still will. The because if you think about it, the whole point of the stimulus check was to was for people who lost either their job or lost hours. The point of the stimulus check was to supplement them through this. Yeah. stage. Yeah. And I didn't feel right accepting my own money back, <laughs> if you will. I, I just didn't feel like me take, getting a stimulus check. I'm not the intended yeah. user. No, you know same. I mean? I'm taking, so I'm taking mine. I got to put away. And then when the bars and restaurants open back up, I have a few bartenders and waitresses and, you know, people I know. And I plan yeah. on Tipping. Helping out. Yeah. And exactly. that's the thing, tipping. I've been tipping hugely yeah. right now During just to time. help. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the right thing to do for people. I'm not, does that sound like bragging? No, I think especially 20% this time. is like the bottom line of tipping and yeah. you should always be tipping significantly more. You, like my friends work, some of my friends work off of tips. Like, does anyone from territorial listen to this? Uh, I don't from know. the place in, Battle Creek. We'll find out. Or is it Battle Creek or is it Augusta? Is it Augusta? Is it the one you took me to that's like right down the road? Yeah, from the, the German the yeah. German spot. Okay. Because that's pretty good. I like I like their food. He ate there last night. Nice, so. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what do you got there? He was like, trash. Whatever. That burger was legit. <laughs> no, no. He said trash because he ate all the food. Oh, I ate oh. all the food. Yeah. <laughs> just had like yeah. The... I thought you were saying territorial. No, no. Because I, no, like, oh, no, I had the trash bag that I was getting ready to throw out. Yeah. Their loaded fries are legit. Yeah, it's pretty good. But, um, you know, they're, they have to have, they can't have everybody working right now, yeah. you know? So just try to like support local businesses. Literally, you know, we have an intro sweet about local businesses. Make sure it's- to make sure to tip your waitresses and waiters and waiters. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's just been with everything that was going on, it was just really hard to get motivated to do it, to be honest with you, because yeah. I didn't know like, where are we going to be right now? But I think now I could do a YouTube, we, we've been talking about doing one and maybe we will do that idea where we, Hey, what should we invest in? And then track it as yeah. part of our channel and then donate the money and ask for recommendations for donations. Um, didn't you get a green screen too? We did. We haven't used it yet, though. Oh, come on. Now it. you have to do it. I know, I know, I know. The um, green screen. Who who convinced you to get one? Um, I don't know. Some bear I work with named Josh. <laughs> Why <laughs> did you convince him to get a green screen? The background of your house is phenomenal. No, because that's what I said. Like, he can take pictures of different areas in his house or whatever. He can be anywhere he wants. Well, we, we're going to still set up the same area, but I was thinking it'd be kind of cool to like, I just want to, to use see it for like demonstrating like math and stuff. Dude, they're not that expensive. I know. It's, I found out 50 bucks on Amazon. Um, you didn't buy it, did you? No, I I want to, but I didn't. You can borrow mine. We don't even have video out. like but, fully uh, operational here yet. Um, yeah, we haven't used it yet. And it's kind of cool. My son was taking a video editing course in high school. So I'm like, Hey, can you do this? Like, yeah. Oh shit. I might need to hit up your son for some tips when it comes to video editing. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we'll get, we'll get back to it. My daughter's been asking about it and I think, uh, I think we'll probably go with that idea of doing, you know, Hey, what do you think we should invest in and then track it and then, 
and yeah, then you ask for donations. Yeah, you quite a few followers on there, I saw. Like, and yeah. people were actively he, engaging in your channel. When he released the first video, he was at work, like, on his phone. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm tracking checking my stats, checking man. Checking my stats. I gotta know. <laughs> I gotta know. Don't uh, yeah. let him make fun of you for that, because oh, the I second know. we That's did this, That's the funny part. He did that. I made, he called me up. I made 8.7 cents today, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> What are we at now, Josh? What are we at now? We're at 38 cents. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while. Um, Last time I checked, it was like seven bucks. <laughs> He's like. One million dollars. Um, but <laughs> with that, see, my wife's a breast cancer survivor. So that's definitely going to be one of the. One of the charities. Yeah. That yeah. We'll pro- what we'll probably do is like a multiple choice. Like, hey, what do you recommend out of these four? And gotcha. kind of talk about them and, and vote. I think, but that'll be, that'll be later. It's just been really hard. And I've been. Uh, I was off social media forever because of the politics of it and just angriness yeah. of it. I thought you and just got, didn't have social media. Well, I got back on it to plug the channel. Ooh, you and then that. like right when this COVID stuff no. hit and all the oh, no. politicalization of it, I was like, oh my gosh. And I I cannot keep my mouth shut. I cannot yeah, not engage. And so I feel like maybe I've turned some people off to watching the channel because they don't agree with my politics see that's how you're using it wrong like you don't get on it to look at anything you only post things to it well i know and that's the mistake i make because i can't (laughs) if i see something completely like just ridiculous i can't not say anything i'm like stop gotta sit on your hands and i just can't do it i've been trying to (laughs) you're wrong you're an idiot let me explain to you why because everybody my name is matt Because everybody gets their mind changed on Facebook, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. So. Yeah, I've only, I think I've only seen two posts in my list that I was like, well, let me just let you know here. Yeah. Like, these are some important things to remember. So, but they weren't like significant. Like one dude was just like, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And well, I was like, okay, let me help you get it a little bit. And I actually like was surprised that I got like 18 likes or hearts or whatever on what I said to him. And I was like, I was so fucking nice. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Like I did good, but he never fucking responded or liked or anything. So I don't know if he got the message. One one of the engagements I saw was a guy I went to college with telling another, uh, a white guy I went to college with telling a black guy I went to college with that racism. But did they know each other? Yeah. Oh, okay. That racism doesn't exist anymore and i'm like dude we went to a southern military college that fought in the civil war on the side of the confederacy he is a black man who attended said college and you're (laughs) gonna actually sit here and tell him that racism doesn't exist like come on dude and i could not say anything yeah and that's why facebook is so stupid because you can't have these like personal engagements because people know like when i talk to him and engage i'm i think the intonations and the body language are extremely important yeah yeah that, and that's where you like, lose a lot of the tone and via via texting or messenger or facebook like without the body language and communication everyone just immediately assumes it's an attack yeah, yeah. Atta- everyone's in defense mode or attack yeah, mode yeah there's no actual conversation taking yeah. place it's no constructive me conversations and my thoughts. fuck you and your thoughts and there was yeah. nothing else there and it's really more about like oh, I'm just going to prove you wrong than it is trying to trying to get you to see my side. Well, that's of it. the problem is like nobody wants to understand the other person's side. Like even if I don't agree with you, shut up, Josh. I will attempt to hear you. Like, 
Really? Like, really? I, will, I will say. Really, Laura? Josh though, is always wrong, though. So there's that. I, it's really interesting. <laughs> I've deleted a lot of my past posts, but it really is interesting to like, like, I'll look back at my history on there and see how I have. Progressed. Yeah. Me too. Like, Just to be like honest. The open-minded relationships from other people and you start seeing. So in some ways it's good, but the problem is it also, I think like I refuse to block people or unfriend people regardless of how abhorrent their, their thoughts are. Yeah. Because like, even if they, even if they block me, I, I don't know. I still feel it's important to like engage with people and not create this echo chamber. And I think that's yeah. part of the problem now is we get into these echo chambers and we, we, we don't want to see like what the other person has to say. And we, we look can, at everybody yeah. like the enemy. Unlike before we have a new way to choose what we want to see here. And yes. Believe. And so, okay. And without so, opening yourself to different things. Right. Yeah. And so it almost like you can choose to be more open-minded or you can choose to be closed-minded. And it's kind of like, you know, the media, the news is the same way. Like I, I can watch this take on it or I can watch this take on yeah. it. CNN versus Fox news. Or I just listen to NPR. Even, or the, even read, then though, NPR or read the, the, you know, like the, the conglomerate, what do you call it? The conglomerated news sources of headlines. Let me ask you, let me ask you, do you believe there is a media source in the world right now that is completely 100% unbiased? Not at all, but I think that there are some that try hard like NPR or even your local news is probably, yeah, probably makes the most attempt to be objective because their local news is not trying to Local news is trying to get everybody to watch because it's over the over the air and yeah, all that stuff. Ratings. They're not trying to like compete, you know, local ABC versus local NBC. They they need total viewers, whereas like Fox and CNN can alienate yeah. because it is because a the network. It is something to drive because it's cable. It's yeah. a different, yeah. you know, different rules of cable versus over the air. So I just I think that like. The problem though is with, we just got to turn it off. Honestly, yeah. the problem with local news though, is that you're only getting local. You know what I mean? You're not getting. Yeah. But if you watch the hour, if you watch like the nightly news followed by, I think, what is it? Local news first. And then the nightly yeah. news typically yeah. TV. Cause I don't have. That. Yeah. yeah because it, it is generally as objective as you're going to get. And the other thing is C-SPAN man. Like, honestly, Oh, yeah. Like I watch C-SPAN and like, okay, as yeah, nerdy but how as can that you watch sounds, that without fucking passing not on. always, but I mean, I don't watch it 24 seven. I watch it. Like if something big's going on, I'll like watch you, it and I'll formulate my own opinion. What, on do you, what would you call something big on C-SPAN? A bill getting passed? Oh, yeah. Or like a, or a, or a, yeah, a presentation of a bill or what do you call it? A introduction or something like that. I don't know. I'm yeah. not a poli sign. Even then, like, how do you. Because I've seen C-SPAN like when they try to pass a, a, a law or a bill into into action, and it just has the you know the overlay of yay and nay. Well, not that I'm talking about like the presentation of it, like oh. hey, we're this is important. And I was watching one about the Salt Treaty when we were when we were talking about the Salt Treaty, and you had it was very calming because you had politicians from different parties getting on there until. Rand Paul got in there and started. How he really made it political, but everybody else on there, Democrat and Republican, was very like it was engaging because you're like asking you're seeing them ask questions and they're earnestly trying to get the answers to it yeah and it was that was interesting you know to see that um yeah, you don't see that much anymore i don't see that at least. well because we're not watching that yeah. like the other thing i've been watching a lot of i've been addicted to these live streams of people on the streets during these protests 
Oh, because yeah. I don't want the filtered, edited version that whatever media thing wants to show you. I've been watching like No Kidding on the Street. Where and they, where it they is, have a chance to clip it. And, uh, yeah. Like, and it is nowhere near as bad as like you watch the news and it's like, oh my gosh, like, and there are instances obviously of cities burning and rocks getting thrown and police beating people and all that. Well, but Kalamazoo like, had like a little mini one, but uh, like, yeah. it really wasn't, I don't think it wound up being very bad or. I don't know. I got to, um, I don't, I really don't know what, with what happened with Kalamazoo. I know they knew it was coming. So they boarded up their windows and shit mostly. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. But like I watched the Seattle one for hours the other night, like five hours. I was just kind of like on and off watching it and it was peaceful. The The cops were there. They had their ride gear stuff. The The fans were chanting and it was almost like watching a Seattle Sounders soccer game because they had like the drumbeat dude and the they're <laughs> chanting to the drum beats. But then like around 2.30 in the morning, my time, so like midnight their time, midnight 30 their time or whatever, you see some dudes way in the back start to throw water bottles. Oh. And then the other protesters are like pushing these guys away, like trying to yeah. hold them down, trying to get them to stop. Yeah. And then they start doing it again and boom, the tear gas comes out and they disperse the crowd. So then what do you see on the news? You will see, you would see probably the last five minutes of this rally where people are throwing stuff at the cops and then the cops come out. You're not seeing the other five hours where nothing was going on yeah. and everybody was cool. So, yeah. and then you get lost in the narrative of, oh my gosh, these rioters and looters. Like, no, they are separate groups. Yeah, these are protesters not the same are separate people. from the rioters. And they, like, people aren't distinguishing between the two. They're just yeah. lumping they them all They want to deliberately together. lump it in together. Like, oh, well, I'm, I don't disagree that the looters and the rioters are harming the message, but that's only because you're allowing them to harm the message. You're, you're not willing to look past that and look at, like... What about the protesters like my friend in Atlanta where they're getting up at eight o'clock, they're going out there at eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning and cleaning up from what the looters did the night before mm -hmm. and then marching and protesting all day and then going home. Yeah. Like that is not the same people. That is not the same groups as the people who are throwing stuff at the end of the night. And this is the rants that Josh was talking about. I did see one work. of my friends like getting a little upset about uh, the protesters not being organized. Well, he wasn't upset. He was just wanting the protesters to be more organized, like have a set, maybe like not a uniform, but like a set, I don't know, t-shirt or something. But I was like, even, even when you do stuff like that, the whole point of like what the rioters are doing is infiltrating. Yeah. The, the actual people who are protesting. So yeah. the rioters are going to wind up getting the same putting on the same clothes or whatever and yeah. still doing the same shit, just making everyone look bad. And, and that's what was cool to see about like the Seattle thing the other night that I was watching is that like they were doing a, they were doing a good job of like, um, yeah, Josh is getting yelled at for being on his phone. <laughs> um, they were, they were doing a, a good job of trying to separate that and be peaceful and do that stuff. You know, it was, it's pretty interesting though. These live streams, just watching, just watching like as if you were there and you can formulate your own opinion yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. Some of the protesters are, were assholes, you know, like just harassing the cops, harassing the national guardsmen. But, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and say they weren't, but 90% of what I saw was peaceful and was, you know, it's just unfortunate that you have 10% of the, the jerks who ruin it. There's always that 10% that ruin it though, for anything good or yeah. anything. Yeah.
you know, somebody invents technology and then there's like a 10% that turns it into something that it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I hope your, your listeners aren't all like, oh my God, I'm not going to listen to that podcast anymore. Yeah, no, they we can don't. get fucked if they don't like what we talk about. <laughs> here. Yeah, we don't give a shit. I just, you know, have a little <laughs> bit of empathy and it goes, yeah, and I get it. It goes both ways, but like there's shit has to change. We cannot continue to look at each other as the enemy. We can't continue to militarize. Like we just, it has to change. I was talking to somebody today about, was it? I don't know who it was, but I was like, one day we're all going to be the same fucking color. And we're still going to find ways to separate ourselves. Like it doesn't we're, like it's genetically programmed for us to be fucking dicks. You, there's a really good book you need to read. I think you'll like it being, what is it? being military. Um, it's called, you know who Sebastian Younger is? Mm. The name sounds familiar. Have you heard of the the movie Restrepo? Yeah. Won some awards a few years back. Yeah, like I, 2010, I saw that. 2011. I thought those are very good. Yeah, that was great. So Sebastian Younger wrote the book that the movie was then based off of. It's not a, Restrepo is not a movie. It's a, it was, it was a, documentary. a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote the book based on his experiences and in interviewing with these dudes and everything. And the, they, the documentary was, was, um, part of his book. He wrote a book off of it. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm following. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was, so, it's a non-fictional. Yeah. Non so, so for our listeners out there, Restrepo, there was this journalist who embedded himself into an army unit when they deployed to Afghanistan and he got raw footage of, pretty much everything that happens with that effect um, to include, you know, casualties, um, the, the effects it has, uh, the bonds that are made, everything you could imagine with, with war. And that's what we're referencing right yeah. now. It's, so the book is in same. Yeah. yeah it's a okay. documentary with, yeah, based on, and, I, and so he wrote a book called, uh, I think it's called tribe. I'm going to look it up. Jamie looked that up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, do you have, you need a Jamie. <laughs> No, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I have. The I, I know what you're referencing because I've I've kind of read some passages. Um, in that. So yeah, what it's saying is like uh, we are hardwired hum humanity. Um, since the earliest beginnings of humanity, we roamed around in tribes, and that same mindset, mark, still mindset marker, it. whatever that 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 uh, genetic fucking trait. Well, that we have. so yeah. it, the his the idea of, of it was he wanted to find out why are people happier. Why are these vets happier, like, no kidding, combat vets that are, like, in the shit? Mm -hmm. Why are they happier in war than they are coming home? Because they're alone home? when they come home. And it was about, that was kind of the input. He wanted to answer that question. Yeah. And it was absolutely about our need for connection. So we look yeah. for anything to, like, connect on. And so the book, it, it's really interesting. It's called Tribe, and it was, it's called Tribe on Homecoming and Belonging. And it, the goal was to really define, find out why are people happier in times of war. And one of the, the examples he gives is after 9-11, how New Yorkers will very fondly remember the, the weeks, the days and weeks after 9-11. Where everyone came together. And he was, was trying to yeah. figure that out. Exactly. And he there was, was no boundaries. How, there's no walls. Everyone yeah. was one. It's like, hey, we're one. We yeah. came together as a community. So very similar to like World War II in England and how like they were expecting mass mental casualties of like mental health, they were expecting a huge mental health crisis. Yeah. And what they found was like, people actually like came together and they had a lot less than like, than the normal, than the normal, I guess, mm -hmm. because this crisis, everybody like kind of comes together and acts. And it's basically like when you're fighting for your survival and you're fighting for, um, you know, just your basic needs, you don't have, 
you don't have the time. I'll put it that way, or the yeah, to worry about a the few energy extra to worry about like or the bullshit or to worry yeah. about like oh that guy's got an elephant or a donkey on his car sticker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's it's a really good book. Like I highly recommend it. And it just talks about the and one of the things that he said was like yeah, it just stuck out to me was um dividing people and making people the enemy, your political opponents the enemy, is a great way to win elections. It is a terrible way to govern. Yeah. And he was talking about this. This is 2015, 2016 timeframe. So this is pre I'm saying it's not meant to be a political statement about our current environment, but just meant to be like, Hey, great. You won the election, but now you've made all these other people, the enemy. How are you going to able to come together? It's a great book. I highly recommend it. I did see something. uh, It was not a meme, but it was like a post about elections, like way back in the day where it didn't matter what party you were after somebody won, like everyone worked together, like in a way, like it wasn't as divided as not like, I think as it is now, I can't remember what it was, but I saw it and I was like, well, we might be talking about, so like in a, I don't remember what year, but every state ran how they ran their primaries the way they wanted to run them. And like, you look at the ninth, you could go watch the 1960 democratic national convention when JFK won the nomination from the party and they didn't do a primary system where we do now, where all the Democratic candidates go around and campaign and then each state votes on it. The way they did it then was all the delegates would go to wherever the convention was and then they would vote. And you had to have a, a was a plurality or a majority? I don't remember. You had to have a plurality. So you had a 50% plus one, right? Is a plurality? Yeah. yeah. Or is no, that a majority? majority is 50% plus one. I don't remember. One. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're uh, talking about. So, well, it's how, like, if you say so, had 50%. I don't need anyone to explain it. Yeah, just get okay, to the, sorry. keep going. <laughs> but anyway, so the way that election was won is how John F. Kennedy got the nomination was you basically go out to all the delegates that are at the convention and say, hey, vote for my guy. Here's why, whatever. They voted like, I don't know, five times before Kennedy actually won the nomination, but they did it right then and there. It, we didn't have this system where you go and now could the states are allowed to decide how they want to run their primaries or is it, I think it's both if it's the party or the state. So I may be wrong here, but I'll have to look that one up later. But, um, or I think it's the party gets to decide how they want to do it, but then the states get to decide. That's why like Iowa has a caucus. They don't do a primary, say like the way Indiana does where you vote and the, the guy who wins the most votes is your nominee or gets those de- those electorals. The way Iowa does is they sit around and there's 100 people in a room and those 100 people decide like, oh, yeah, we like opponent A. Well, because and then you elected wins- that person to represent you and yeah. that person in that group now is representing you. They're not asking you anymore. And they win that. And that's so it's so the states still kind of get to decide how it's all run. It's pretty interesting. Anyway. Mm. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. I didn't know that. That's good, good information. Like my whole point was, it doesn't matter how alike we are. You'll find a reason to dislike. And uh, I was looking at not as a political or anything like that. Like just as uh, a genuine survival trait is to find something that you consider weaker and like, like the run of the litter. And like, that's, we're just genetically programmed to try to force something to be that. Or like old people. Old people <laughs> making a joke about how, like, you know, like 
the, the nomadic people like I don't know if they would like do they rally around and protect the old people or do they just say oh, do they toss the old person out to, to be like kind of thing. like hey we're running dude yeah. <laughs> sorry you can't keep up the village elders you don't here. have to be the fastest gazelle just don't be the slowest well, I- <laughs> <laughs> you'll be our gazelle here <laughs> I'm not running that fast yeah. yeah I don't think anyone's running anywhere no one's running, running right yeah, now. now with the no way we've all been stuck inside not doing anything dude i tried to run for the first time on sunday and it was really hard it was bad i like i ran outside i only did like um like 1.3 miles or whatever so it was not even a full mile and a half dang and i want to say i couldn't feel my legs but it was like the polar opposite it's like i could feel all of my legs and they did not feel good (laughs) every bit of it every bit of it and i mean when i say run i was it was like walking with an extra pep in your step. There was no real. See, it like, was kind of like really the, uh, the, it was more like a shuffle. Are you getting bored? No. I was going to ask Laura if you wanted to run again. Maybe one day I will, but not right now. It's just because I know I'm going to hurt afterwards and be sore and I don't want oh. to feel that. You don't want to run out of this episode? Get fucked. <laughs> 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 oh, is that all of our... She never sees it coming. I, he's getting really good at these stupid <laughs> these like transition. Yeah. yeah. Is that it? Is that <laughs> But then I, I also want to make another plug. plug. So go. Shameless plug from Matt. Well, this is less of, of a plug and just more of like an experience thing. So uh, I mentioned before that my wife had breast cancer mm-hmm. and she was diagnosed in 2015. And um it's a uh <laughs> I would say interesting process to say the least, but like, I think that there's a lot of internal um, growth that you do when something like that happens. And just like, uh, you you know, it changes a lot of about you and who you are and stuff. And um, she decided about two years ago, she remembered like very shortly after she got out of surgery, uh, after she had thought she was recovered, she would, she was driving and she remembered how hard, like how much it hurt wearing the seat, you know, having the seatbelt on and stuff like that. So she's kind of part of her mental healing was to make seatbelt pillows for people and donate them to the local oncologists and local like oncology surgery places. So she's, you know, started off like she made like 10 pillows and brought them in. And then like, they were calling her like, Oh my gosh, these are awesome. Will you, can you make more? So she's been that's kind of making cool. these pillows and donating them. And then one of her friends, or maybe she decided to, I don't remember the really the beginnings, but she started selling them on Etsy to really to fund making more of them to donate mm-hmm. yeah. to like local businesses or not businesses, but local medical places. So yeah. her company is called Pink Anchor Pillows. Pink Anchor Pillows. Yeah. Okay. Where can you find them? Just Google it. Etsy. Yeah. Just Google like Pink Anchor, one word, pillows, Etsy. Brooke B-R-O-O-K-E is her name and, okay. it, and it should pop up and it's pretty noticeable because they're all like she makes port pillows for people who have to have like chemo ports and she okay. makes seatbelt pillows like um, you know if you had like a pacemaker put in or whatever gotcha. yeah. and uh, it's been really cool to see like her kind of take off like the first year I think I don't know like she started in November of 18 I think and maybe sold like 10 pillows a whole year. And it's just really cool to see, you know, now she's doing 10 a week. Holy cow. You know, Damn. It's, it's been, it's been pretty cool to see her. And it's, she, you know, it's really neat too. People will like, 
um, message her like, Hey, I just found out this. Can you, and she'll, it's kind of neat to see her helping other people in the process too. Like it's not just a customer. Yeah. It's not just some rando dude buying something off of eBay. It's really cool to see the interactions there, you know? So just yeah, wanted get, to throw that out there. We get that. I'll send sure. the link yeah. to, I'll, I'll give you guys we'll that post link it, too. Yeah. Was it we'll Pink Anchor it. Pillows? Yeah, I don't know what the exact. We'll find it. But no, Pink Anchor, I think is one word. Uh, so I just we'll wanted to throw Put it down on the IG. There. Put it up there. On the gram. She yeah. does have an Instagram. Maybe I'll link that. Oh too. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll for sure tag her in we'll that. Probably, I'm, we can just post it. I'll probably, I'd be willing to put a post up there. For that. Yeah. Heck yeah. Also, you had something about a food truck in Maine. Shameless oh, plug. Well, so shameless yeah. plug. I don't know when they're starting it. So for anybody who lives in Maine, um, my my we're all from the Chicagoland area. Yeah. And my cousin decided that. So his wife, their family. I don't know if you've ever been to the John Hancock Building. Mm-mm. The uh, in the ninety fifth floor of the John Hancock Building is a restaurant called the Signature Room. Okay, I've heard of it. And her family owned that restaurant so she's she majored in like restaurant management or hospitality oh, management, or something like that and uh they ended up going out to maine for my cousin's work and they're just this week they announced a uh gonna start a food truck of chicago style food so it's gonna be like italian beef and hot dogs and love me some italian beef back, yeah <laughs> hey boys okay hey boys. all right and it's going to be called Halstead's Chicago Style Street Food. H A L S T E D. In Maine. In Maine. Chicago say, Style. Where's the announcer voice? Go. Chicago Style Street Food. In Maine. For your <laughs> hunger pangs. Um, so that's kind of cool. They're going to be in Portland, Maine doing that. Got it. It's kind of neat. Shout I'm, out to Portland. Portland, yeah, Maine. What's up, Portland's listeners? a cool city, too. It's kind of neat. Yeah. 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 Or, uh, yeah, Portland's pretty neat. Portland, Maine. I haven't East, been that way. It's pretty yet. nice. A lot of history. A lot of history. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Don't, don't get the history major started. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Can't help it. Ready oh. to make this episode history? It's fucking I can't, I I'm can't. so proud of you. I am so proud of you right I now. tried so hard. I didn't think it was going to work so out. I'm so fucking proud In of you. In a world of segues. <laughs> that was great. Oh, uh, man. Actually, if you have any friends you. who are uh, in the biz and need some voiceover work, I would love to... Uh, how yeah, come you don't just do so. audio books? Yeah, you should do yeah, Because who wants to listen to like five hours of like, you know, in 1865, Alexander Hamilton was already dead for 100 years or whatever. I don't know when he died. I don't know, but like, Aubrey is going to yeah. love the Alexander Hamilton one. <laughs> so we're going to say Is that. she a big Hamilton fan? Yeah, she loves all that shit. Yeah, it's a great, great uh, musical. Yeah. One man. Can you say thanks for stopping by, guys? Thanks for stopping by, guys. <laughs> All right. And that's it. Are we done? Okay. Bye.